want the listeners to sleep, eat, form, podcast on high performance. It'll be presented by myself, David Clancy, with two co-hosts, Connor Gavin, Jerome Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high performing individuals tick. Why they do what they do and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, Welcome everyone to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 40 with Richie Norton. Today we spoke to Richie Norton, ex-rugby player, founder of the Strength Temple, master coach at XPT Life and at Oxygen Advantage, yoga teacher, breath worker, adventurer, life architect and speaker. Well that's quite some resume and this really was a fantastic episode. Today we learned so much about the importance of the breath. There were echoes from the podcast previously done with Mario Donato, so go back and listen to that episode if you have some time. Richie shed light on performance training and coaching from his work with Extreme Performance Training, XPT, having worked with individuals such as Big Surfer Lard Hamilton, Gabby Reese, and Brian McKenzie. Richie opens up on why it's so important to harness energy in physical, emotional, and spiritual realms, and also what he would do if he had a session with the Crusaders rugby team in New Zealand. There was so much to take away from this episode, from key themes such as humility, mindset, and passion. Maybe we need to lean in more, level up, and write a book together, Richie. Perhaps after a surfing trip in Costa Rica, though. Thanks for this. We both really enjoyed this. If you'd like more information on this episode or any of our others, Check out our website at www.sleepyperformrepeat.com. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. But most importantly, listen and enjoy. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Sleepy Perform Repeat. I'm here with David, and he's going to introduce our next guest, Richie Norton. Really looking forward to having Richie on today. Richie is an ex-rugby player turned yoga adrenaline junkie. That's how he markets himself. I suppose... <laughs> He seems to be kind of a lifestyle entrepreneur, you know, that's what Lewis Howes maybe would call this sort of guy. And very interesting. We we reached out to Richie because he does a lot of things. He works on the mind, he works on movement, mobility, breath work, yoga, and so many other things. And he's obviously touched the life of so many people from diverse backgrounds. So we're really looking forward to hearing what makes him tick and what high performance means to Richie Norton. So Richie, thanks for coming on. How's life at your end? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's always an honour and a privilege to get to connect with new people and meet different communities and just have good chats. I, you know, I think it always brings out the best in me, just uh, being open and honest. So uh, podcasts seem to be a good way to have that bit of a natter but also bring out a little bit of banter and um, where I am right now in Wales where I've currently just moved to uh, I'm feeling very blessed and uh, just coming off the back of a couple of days off which is very rare uh, in my world so uh, yeah feeling ready and refreshed so yeah hopefully this is going to be a, a fun conversation for sure so look to the listeners that maybe don't know a lot about the name Richie Norton give us a bit of background as to kind of who you are and and what you've been doing over the last couple of years to culminate as to why I said we're going to get this guy on today he's going to be a bit of crack he's going to be interesting <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, well, well, I'll give you the short version. You have to wait for my uh, my book to come out, maybe, to actually get the full story. So you're plugging your book anyway. What's that? You're plugging the book on the podcast. That's always good. It's a good I haven't even got a book. I haven't even started a book. <laughs> like us. Why up? But when it, it when it does come out, it's going to be a bestseller. I'm confident. <laughs> there you go. Depending how honest I am, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the short version is, um, and, and what a lot of people find really interesting is, I, I used to play rugby competitively, high level rugby from a very young age. Um, my my rugby career took me to a, a semi professional level in the UK, and then I moved to New Zealand when I was 19 to go and play. Um, I did a couple of years out in New Zealand and toured with the Colts over there, uh, and then moved to uh, moved back to the UK. Uh, as well, you come back from New Zealand at that age, you usually looked at as hot property. So I, I kind of thought, well, let's give it a go, let's get back in the scene, and I really couldn't adjust to the lifestyle. Um, I, I just couldn't adjust to the, the way the UK was because I'd been living in the South Island, New Zealand, where my first job for the first six months while training for this club was shearing sheep, riding horseback, you know, wrestling cows, and basically Rocky Balboa training regime where we carry rocks and logs up hills. I'm not even joking. There's no word of a lie. You can check that. That is what went down for the first six months. So coming back to London when I'd moved back, as you can imagine, it was a bit of a culture shock. So um, you're not going to uh, find many sheep on the Piccadilly line, are you? <laughs> not that I was missing sheep or anything, but it was more. <laughs> I was saying that I do live in Wales now, but we'll leave that banter for another time. Um, I I moved to the US. I went to go and play in uh, New York and New Jersey. Obviously, I got to I got you know some some opportunities out there that were hard to refuse, and did a bit of player coaching roles. Picked up a couple of injuries. My uh, my granddad got poorly, so I came back to the UK and unfortunately passed away. And then I looked at the opportunity to come to London to start off another career uh, career move. But got an opportunity to go and play in Portugal for a university out over there over there to drag out the the career a little bit longer. And I picked up some injuries that eventually shot it down. So at 26, my career ended and it left me in a bit of a pickle because I thought that was my future. So to short on this story, I'm now a yoga teacher. Um, I'm, a, I'm a performance coach, which covers, I think, every aspect of what it means to be an optimal human being, or at least someone striving for that. And a lot of that now pieces together via my practices in meditation and breath work for performance, but also mindfulness, let's call it. And I think the strength of what I do now, I think the impact that I'm able to have now comes from actually me accepting that it was not a simple, smooth run. I hit a lot of dark places and a lot of dead ends and a lot of frustra frustrating moments and rehabilitating myself over years from an injury that was supposed to have like ended my career and meant I would never be physically capable again. I've applied all of that now into me being the resilient human I am now that I feel is capable of anything. And I now feel I'm fitter and stronger and more switched on than I've ever been. And because I don't compete at that higher level anymore, I now channel it into what I see as a well-rounded coach that's capable of adding value. Um, and the yoga was a really key part of that. Okay. 
So that was quite a big intro, wasn't it? But it gives a bit of context, hopefully, there where this yeah. is going. But I feel like I'm just getting started. For sure. Well, look, here's a question for you: The Crusaders from the South Island, from Christchurch, just mm-hmm. beat the Jaguars in Super Rugby 19-3. Mm-hmm. Mainly thanks mm-hmm. to Ronan O'Gara's backline influence. Okay, I'm going to be biased as <laughs> the monster man there. Absolutely. But say, say now, Scott Robertson, before he gets the nod for the Kiwi job, reaches out to you and he says. I want Richie Norton to come down to the Crusaders camp. We've won three in a row, but you want to continue and win four in a row. And you have 30 to 45 minutes to go in. Kieran Reed's gone because he's off to Japan. Crotty's gone. You know, Whitelock's gone. But you've got a lot of those up-and-coming players there and some players that are out to make it into the All Blacks setup. If you have 30 to 45 minutes with them to kind of get in there and then be part of that system... What are you going to bring to the table that might be a differentiator, or, or that you're going to feed into that system that says this is going to help you guys? What are you? What's Richie Norton going to bring to that sort of scenario? Well, firstly, a vibe. Um, I, I pride myself on being a, a bright light, a positive light, mm-hmm. and definitely with a, a solid force of communicating with the younger generation because I realised how challenging, how stressful it actually was when I was a kid, when I was up and coming. And even when I got to a more of a mature age, I still realized that the key to me bringing value to my own performance, but then as a coach, was to actually get a bit more balanced with not looking at pushing yourself so hard that you've got to be as big as possible, be as fast as possible, push yourself 100% to the limit every single time, that there's just as much value in being a bit more mindful about actually taking rest when you need it, when your body's telling you and screaming at you something needs to change. Don't ignore it because then you're susceptible to injuries. But also a lot of the growth and I think a lot of the, the optimal performance comes from actually allowing yourself to recover, to repair, to rebuild and to grow. And I think the demand and the pressure and the stress of the the higher level competitive um, sport that rugby is now, the high impact, the amount of games that they all play. Again, I come back to the stress. They're that close to just completely just breaking themselves and then ending their career very early. So to set that up, it would be more of a mindful approach and I would definitely start with breath work and a more mindful approach to how you train and bringing breath into how you perform better by improving focus and bringing down the level of stress and knowing when to apply it to help them recover, but also bringing focus when they're actually training so they can work optimally and not completely burn out and play in that, in that optimal range. And then tools like improving their sleep. And yeah, uh, that would be my value. That would be where I think I'd come in because there still seems to be a lot of people missing the point or missing the value in what breath work is doing for so many people now in the know. And it would be educating them on the fact that pushing 110% every time doesn't always give the optimal result. It's, it's funny, we have a guy who's who's going to be released in a couple of weeks, a fellow called Mario Donato. Don't know if you've heard okay. of him. He's an American and he he came up with a, a crazy figure. He said, David, you know, I do free diving. He grew up in the Bahamas, right? But he worked, he kind of, he's a PT and, and he works with a lot of guys in the States and he can free dive and hold his breath for eight minutes. And we were like, wow, phenomenal. And yeah, he said, yeah, it's, all, it's all about 
the breath. And he says that's what he brings into his practice with every client, every high-performing individual he sees. It's all about slow down for a minute. What's the most important attribute you have physically that's going to affect every other realm? And that's what he focuses on with each and every one of you guys. So it's it's fun. It's massive. Yeah, it's massive. We uh, so I don't know if you know about XPT, Extreme Performance Training, and Power Speed Endurance. Brian McKenzie's project. No, do you know no. about those no, guys? We don't. Do you, Carol? No. No. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll put it on your radar right now. So XPT is stands for Extreme Performance Training. It was a it's a performance uh, training uh, coaching practice that's developed by Laird Hamilton, the big wave server. Oh, yeah. Something like and Gabby Reese, his lovely wife. Um, I was lucky enough to meet them five years ago, as well as Brian McKenzie from Power Speed Endurance. That's another one to mention. Uh, for me, I mean, those those two camps have been such a huge influence on my own personal development, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But also now they've built up these certifications where I can now apply these teachings in a certified way to coaches, but other athletes, and their fundamental priority has come from understanding the breath to improve every other aspect, every other discipline you're playing, whether it's the pool, whether it's in the gym, whether it's heat, whether it's ice, whether it is or yoga or any kind of the training they might be playing with. All of those practices have either come from Patrick McEwen, again from the Auction Advantage, Patrick on your radar. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, yeah, heard of him, yeah. Okay, and then Freedivers. Yeah, yeah, okay. So free divers have played such a huge role in, and they, 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 these guys deal with NBA basketball players, NFL, NHL, you know, high level performance athletes, and they're all taking it back to basics of helping them understand how their breathing controls their state, and then that is how you start to get these different percentages in, in performance improvement that before that were really hard to work, the margins were tiny, whereas now we're looking at like ten percent, twenty percent improvement. From people that were dysfunctionally breathing at the, at the highest level because they were all thinking about brute force and speed mm. and power whereas they're breathing now when they're able to manage the carbon dioxide sensitivity things like that they're able to stay calm and not expel so much energy and then stay in that optimal space for longer periods of time so three dives have had it right for a long time it's just how you then tweak it to suit your actual sport and that's what's so exciting so i feel like we're just getting started Excellent. That sounds very good. Yeah. And um, just going back, I just, want to, I just want to touch back on what you said there about smashing your body and having an understanding of your own body. Um, do you have any cues or symptoms, we'll call them, that you identify with your body that you say, like the last few days where you had to take a bit of time off to recover? Do you have any cues that you use? The, the, the first one is mental. I, I've been in places where my body you know, has felt fit and strong, but my mind has just felt weak and just want to give up. And it, it can be a heaviness in terms of an emotional low, you know, even like a, a form of depression where your body feels so fatigued and you see it feels so negative or you just, you can't seem to wake up yeah. and you have this fog, you know, this mental fog. And, you know, that, then obviously we've all been there at some point where it maybe becomes a bit of a downward spiral and that obviously affects your physical performance. If you're not mentally there, your physical body is useless. So that would be my first sign. Um, but also then physically fatigued. You know, my body's like aching, my, my back, my 
you know, I might get headaches. I I feel like I'm maybe I've got more aches and pains than I normally would do. It means I'm neglecting something that hasn't that, that's been needing some some attention that I've then maybe not addressed. And when I'm on my feet for long periods of time, when I've been travelling, I've been sat on planes for long periods of time, my back might fall tight, which means my glutes might be tight, my hips feel out of whack. But if we don't stop and maybe just take some more conscious breaths, and this is where I do a lot of my breath work to actually switch off, because then I can really listen and feel what my body is trying to tell me. And then you can start to isolate particular areas. And it's just then about coming more in touch with your physical body so you can then use the tools that we all have to make some adjustments and, and get yourself out of it. And usually it's starting with some rest. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. And with the, with that sort of preparation for and recovery, is there anything, and I know you've said this before about the importance of stepping outside your comfort zone. So mm-hmm. it's often easier said than done. And it's something that everybody probably tries to do step outside their comfort zone often. But is there anything mm-hmm. you do in preparation, say physically or mentally, when you're going into something that you're not particularly looking forward to or you're dreading slightly, that you physically are meant to prepare yourself in order to go through with that task or event? Let me try and prepare this uh, so it's clear. I think, you know, when you say stepping out of your comfort zone, I think it's, it's a little bit different for everybody. We all have our different limits. And I think depending on what you're trying to push for, you if you go about it in the mindset, and this is me personally, knowing that you have a limit today, that is maybe set at this level, whatever it is, whatever discipline, whatever you're trying to train, train, let's say we're going to go and play some rugby or we're going to go train in the gym. Tomorrow that might be different. And there are a few factors that may play a part to that that will need to be addressed based on you then assessing what was different and what you did differently. So before I lose you here or lose your listeners, (laughs) going into this from a mental point of view, if you are really switched on with your outcome, knowing that whatever you do today, you're going to do it your best of your ability, your highest capacity, and you give it 100%, mentally, for a start, I will go through the motions of what I'm about to go and do. Yeah. So I would prepare my mind, and this, again, the underlying part of this is the breath work. So I would breathe and maybe take my breath into a more of a heightened state, so I'd stimulate and prepare my respiratory system, but also then know that I can change my state. When I get to the point where I'm maxed out or maybe I pushed it a little bit too much and I'm breathing, blowing out of my mouth, but I know that I've got to then stand another 45 minutes of training, it's not sustainable for me to be blowing out of my mouth at that capacity. I'm going to blow out and I'm going to burn out. I'm not going to do the distance. So I'll be consciously then going, it's okay, Richie, just pull it back a little bit, go back to nose, nose breathing, get that parasympathetic nervous system a little bit more leveled, and then go back in. So I would mentally go through all of this, knowing that no matter how much I push, my body would give me everything I needed to know. So it would put me in a very safe, calm space, knowing that I would max out whatever my potential was in that moment, on that day, and I'd be happy with it. Very good. As long as I did my best. So preparing that for the next day would be like, It'd just be a repeat of that, but what could I have done differently to prepare myself for that based on yesterday's output? I know I should have probably got some more sleep. I probably should have like mobilized a little bit better because that was pulling tight. But just knowing I was reinforcing and constantly improving every day, 
even in the smallest little thing, it would feel it would boost your confidence because you'd be constantly getting more aware, more tuned in with what your body's capable of, knowing that small little shift can have a huge impact. And again, that's mental focus, mental positivity, clarity, and confidence. And then your body will do a lot more than it's capable of. Excellent. Yeah, Carapaglio we had on last week was talking about positive mental attitude, and he uses yeah, man. visualization an awful lot. And Kieran here did a kind of a corporate workshop last week, and he did a lot of prep and a lot of visualization in fairness. But I think it's fair to say you probably didn't think about heightening the breath or thinking about speeding it up or slowing it down in preparation for that event. That's something I'll, I've never yeah. really paid much heed to at all. Even if I'm prepping for a golf swing or shooting a freeze on a basketball court, I never really think about how the breath could be affected if I'm comparing it to that game day scenario. That's interesting. So... I mean, Carl's an absolute legend. He's he's yeah. he's, he's the man. And um, I mean, how, how he would visualize, you know, step by step, go through the motions of whatever he was hoping to do the next day is great. Because you've already been there. You're not shocked when these things come around because you're kind of like, I've been here. I'm ready for this. this is what I trained for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from a that's from a mental point of view. But on a physical point of view, if you're not preparing your body to be at the capacity at when you're blowing, when you're pushing, when you're training at your highest level, when you're performing on the field or in the gym, wherever you're going to perform, if you haven't primed your system and been there or been to the edge of it in some way, when you get there, you're going to have to work a little bit harder to adapt and adjust. So the idea is build better adaption skills. So prepare yourself from a respiratory point of view if you that we do these uh, with power speed endurance art of breath especially with something that i've been working on we do a lot of breath hold exercises and move and you train with all of your breath out so your body's screaming because you've got all this carbon dioxide waste wanting to come out but if you're able to manage that carbon dioxide when it builds up so let's say you're high capacity and you're really pushing and you can start to feel more comfortable when that carbon dioxide builds up mm. And your sensitivity improves when you get to the actually performing and your body's like, oh, we've been here before. You've pushed this far before. You're already one step ahead and you haven't had to do the work. You've just prepared your respiratory system, which is doing all the work. That's helping you produce and sort of activate the energy. Excellent. So you're adapting and overcoming there. you're You're not physically smashing your body unnecessarily and fatiguing your body before you do the game but the day before you could and just before you get out onto the pitch you could already be getting to your second wind from a respiratory point of view so you're already primed puts you at a higher advantage already i like that so we could very much take breathwork as something maybe as a strategy to help slow us down in the day you know people talk about you know focus on the breath but also how it could translate to maybe feeding into giving us confidence mentally and physically prepping for performance in some capacity, business or sport or whatever. 100%. Any capacity, any discipline, whatever you do as a human being. So let's come away from breathwork and our power hour of breathwork for a minute. And let's talk, you said you were a coach, right? You you could call me a coach. I mean, that's how I title myself. So Um, I feel I've got many masks, but yes. (laughs) So what make for you, Richie, what makes a good coach? Uh, a good coach makes someone is someone who cares about the human they're working with, is compassionate 
patient, humble, and someone that's willing to see them as a human being starting from their individual starting point. That is willing to have conversations and be there for them and communicate in all aspects. Be a, a shoulder to cry on. Um, personally, you know, I find I, I build relationships. You know, if I'm speaking for myself here, if I want to be the best coach, I feel like I've got to be someone that understands everyone's been on their own journey. But hopefully we're all trying to improve the quality of our life. And sometimes that means stripping back to the basics and where it all began. And for me, it's understanding that everyone has ups and downs and that we all, um, we all make choices that aren't always a positive outcome, but we can always rebuild. And I feel a good coach is, is willing to go the distance and look at those intricate details that I feel pull out the best in people. I, I, love, uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. So, Richie, thanks a lot for it. What I'm going to ask you some interesting quick fire questions in a minute, but we're going to ask <laughs> everyone that comes on this podcast has to answer these three kind of high performance sort of questions. And we're going to hand over the platform to Kieran to tap into your mind a bit, Richie. Okay, I'll do my best. Perfect. So, the first question is What does high performance culture mean to you? High performance culture. Um, as in, in the health industry, or we, are we just in general as humans, high performance industry. Kind of, if we, can, if, if we can, you know, Richie, just talk to us about high performance and yeah. kind of how you would define it. If we looked up Richie Norton in the dictionary and it said, Richie Norton, a man of high performance, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think this, your book. this definitely covers uh, lifestyle, business, and, you know, passion. So for me, high performance is, I want to be a high performing human being myself. I'm not just in this to, to help others. I'm in this to actually share my journey of how I'm improving my quality of life. And high performance means high performance as a human being functioning physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And from a business point of view, I, I want to leave a legacy. I want to build an empire. I want to train people. I want to train soldiers that are willing to go out there and do it their way and bring their magic to the world and make a difference. And, you know, mentally, I think we've got to look at our mental health more than ever. High performance mentally, there's no point training your physical body if your mental health is not on point. And I think we need to look at training our, our mind just as much as we train our body, and that's at a high level because we're being stressed and pushed more and more to deal with more and more. And I think we're not allowing our mind to keep up. So we've got to train it and program it just like we would do our physical body. And I think then we're going to start to look at what we're really capable as human beings. Brilliant. So second question. You would definitely listened and prepped for that. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't. This, I was coming from the heart. I'm looking out the window right now at blue sky and sunshine and a rabbit in the grass. A4 that's where my inspiration came from. That's all heart. And that's how passionate I am behind what I think we're capable of. Nice. That's yeah. lifestyle architect. Love it. All right. <laughs> So that's where it comes from. There you go. That's Good where thing. it comes from. Perfect. So you're experiencing, you're in an event, you're playing rugby or something like that, and something doesn't go to plan. What do you do to adapt and overcome, to reset, reframe? Definitely don't panic. Panic never really helps anybody. One, you start blowing out lots of carbon dioxide and you get stressed and you breathe dysfunctionally and then it all goes to shit. So take a breath, stop, 
reassess, take a little step back, look at the perspective maybe a little bit differently, look at your options, take another big breath in, maybe close your eyes, compose yourself, knowing that no one's in trouble, make an adjustment and recruit people if you need to help support the the, the problem or whatever's gone wrong. Uh, pull in some subs <laughs> if you need to. Um, but never, never look to let stress cause any more problem that you can't adapt to because there's always another option. Excellent. Last one. What are the big three you're focusing on in your life at the moment, be it professionally, personally, or a combination of both? The top three? Yep. So number one is my own personal health and well-being. It's to prioritize making sure I'm taking care of my physical, emotional, mental health by creating my own personal environment. Um, I mean, moving from London was a big move on that. So moving to nature, spending more time in nature, educating myself, keeping my mind stimulated with lots of exciting things, not having any regrets. So I'm trying to build a life that I feel nurtures and improves my own personal quality of life also will then hopefully provide for a family and um, yeah that is my number one my number two would be building the business around that so the two come hand in hand I'd like to share my journey I'm trying to inspire others to go and find it in their own way because I feel a lot of us need a nice little push and maybe a little pep talk to know that we have got options. I think a lot of people feel stuck because they've been in the same place for long periods of time and they're just punishing themselves when they have options. So I'm trying to show how you can do it if you put your mind to it and just trust in you know passion and heart and uh, going after what it is you really actually love because I do believe life's short and tomorrow's not guaranteed. And I think a lot of us will have a lot of regrets, regrets if we don't go after it. So... Um, yeah, I'd say I keep it to those because that's my number one priority. I think that gives me purpose and keeps me on track and keeps me motivated and it's attracting lots of good humans and I feel we're, we're just building momentum. So it's exciting. Lovely. Now, Richie, I want to ask you a couple of simple, quick fire questions and we're going to wrap up. We really really uh-huh. enjoyed it thus far. What's, what's the book title going to be? <laughs> the publisher's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, I've got a few things that are rolling around out there. It depends if I'm going to use my real name in the book, whether I do like uh, an autobiography or whether I do an actual just to tell a story of what actually really went on. But I think um, uh, it would be something about the ride. It was something about a very wild ride. Okay, cool. The wild ride, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, surf, it's been a surf ride analogy. and I'm still, on, I'm still on the ride and I think if for me it's going to be telling the truth about how the ride doesn't always take you to places that you want to be be in but knowing that the ride keeps on going if you keep on riding that ride so um, yeah let's see, let's leave it around there sounds good tell us tell us your favourite book the book we need to go off and buy in the bookshop now oh I don't know. Uh, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. So there's there's a couple. 
Um, and uh, personally, the one that's really sort of like grabbed me has been one that I keep coming back to time and time again. I kind of want to leave two, just Who's because good? I feel like there's two different contrasts here because not everyone listens or gets why this book is going to help them. But one simple is my current Bible. It's the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Yep. Okay, yeah. Or Chopra. Or, excuse me, Deepak, if I've said that wrong. <laughs> um, Sorry, D. And my, my mate, Logan, who is also a good friend of Carl's, his book, Going Right, He's just a, a lovely, lovely human being and his book, I feel, from a performance point of view and anybody in the coaching space where I think maybe a bit more relevant to you would take a lot of value from. And it's really written from his heart and his soul. And uh, yeah, I think everyone should go and grab that. So yeah, Logan Jailbreak, going right. A logical justification for pursuing your dreams. Nice. Okay. There you go. Give, give us your motto. Do you have a motto? <laughs> Well, you're really pulling it. You really like put me in the spot here. These are, these, these are the less we want to learn this stuff, man. Yeah, this. I mean, the amount of stuff that comes out of my mouth sometimes, I don't even know where it comes from. I've you're probably doing, got a few mottos. You're doing, you're doing all right so but, far, man. Uh, do you know what it's mottos? It's more a case of shit's going to happen and it's not always going to be pretty and it's not always going to be nice. But if we don't go and face some of this stuff, we don't build up the resilience that's going to allow us to build and improve our quality of life and become stronger and then be able to tell these stories to inspire others. If you have an easy run, you just end up being soft and then you end up getting walked over and then you give up. Whereas I think if we lean in a little bit more, we're going to start to see what we're really capable of. And I think everybody has the ability to find that in their own way. There you go. Okay, well, you just answered what's the life lesson. So we'll skip over that. Qu- <laughs> we'll just skip over that question now. We're on two, two more of these quick fire ones. Tell us, um, your if you could pick a location in the world that you've been to or or you haven't been to that you'd like to do a yoga class, run a yoga class besides somewhere obviously in Ireland or Wales. Yeah. Where would, where would I, I do it? Where would you do it? your dream your dream place or or your favorite place where you're going to bring Kieran, myself, and everyone else, and you're going to run the show? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to put it out there now because I'm hoping someone's going to come through with this. <laughs> I've never, I've never been to Costa Rica. Yeah, I've heard it's nice, and it's come up in a few different conversations now, and not only for its surfing because you have to have something that involves surfing and, and the ocean for me because for sure. that's where we really find connection, but also yoga in the forest and mountains and woodland and nature and good people. And I think there seems to be quite a spiritual mecca. Uh, whether you're into that or not, I'm pretty sure I can pull some magic out of you. So um, that's on my hit list. Sounds cool. We'd be there. Yeah. And one more for me back before Kiran. Why we're interested in symbolism. You know, we came up with a leopard for our clinic and Sleepy Perform. We, we took time to think about how we'd show it. Why a diamond for a strength temple? Where did that kind of come from? So we've actually evolved from the diamond. Okay. We're now a, we're now a wolf. It's always been a wolf pack, but we've now brought the wolf through. But that's another story. But the diamond, I mean, what does the diamond represent? Something that comes from black rock to becoming like beautiful, solid, like pristine. Well, not pristine. It can still be, I guess, a diamond doesn't have to be pristine, but something that can come from 
the dirt and become really strong and resilient and it just kind of made sense at the time but that was a few years ago um it's not really a magical story to that it just felt right at the time it's just cool. something that was um could become pretty <laughs> uh, not that i wanted to become pretty but it was more just i thought you know diamond in the rough there i am i like to think i am there you go um but i'm still quite a dusty dirty diamond um <laughs> but yeah like the two like the two so, of us like the two of us pal all right Karana. <laughs> <laughs> lovely so last one for me richie just you've gone into a time machine you've bumped into yourself 20 years old What's the one piece of advice you give yourself? Ooh. Um, stop stressing about the small stuff. It's all going to work out. Just keep on pushing. Be a good human being. Take care of others. Tell the truth. And follow your heart. Don't doubt it. It will all work out. That's nice. He'll do well. He will. That fellow will do all right, won't he? He might do. Surfing in Costa Rica and teaching some people about how to breathe. Writing books. (laughs) Writing books about waves and riding and stuff. I think he'd already be there, though. I think he wouldn't wouldn't have waited until now. (laughs) He's on the journey. He's on the journey. He'd already had a bit of land out there and be like, (laughs) doing this properly. Um, Richie, look, we're actually running another event in a couple weeks on the importance of mindset and... Who better, who better for us to have drawn so much of that from you? You know, you're a man that really much epitomizes what that really is all about. Mind, mo- movement, breath, and how that helps us physically, emotionally, mentally, all those sort of capacities that you touched on today. So myself and Kiran are really grateful and thanks, thankful for you coming on today. We both really enjoyed it. Hope you learned, hope you got something from it and um, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much, it's been a pleasure.